The following podcast is brought to you by Marks with Mics. I have no problem calling people Marks. No, no, he's thinking, don't tell me! Mark. Don't tell me! Mamma mia! Mamma mia! Are you kidding me? Mark is. Welcome to the Marks with Mike's podcast. Here are your hosts, Mr. Six Foot Nine, the homeboy, Doug Douglas, and Dre, the Juice Man. Welcome, everybody, to another episode of Marks with Mike's. I'm your host, Mr. Six Foot Nine, JT the Godfather. Of course, joined by my famous two co-hosts here. We have inside the house the homeboy Doug Douglas. What's going on? Just trying to trying to survive this semester, man. Just got a paper right after this, but uh, wrestling twenty five eight that needs to be attended to. Most definitely, most definitely, and of course, making a back to back appearance on the show. <laughs> you. The leader of the juice boxes. Damn. Dre, the juice man. Hello, juice boxes. I know why you did that, JT. Fatal four-way. Let's have a great show. (laughs) Yes, let's go ahead and do that. So, of course, we have to go ahead and talk about the craziness of, of this week thus far that's been happening in the world so far in professional wrestling. We gotta talk about it. The king of the ring. It was decided. It was, of course, Chad Gable going up against Baron Corbin. Baron Corbin coming out with the W in a fantastic, awesome match. Uh, hands down, one of the best matches on Raw, and it was within the first hour. So it was definitely a good send-off. But we have to talk about King Corbin. How do, how, how do we feel about Baron Corbin becoming the king of the ring? Hmm. I mean, I mean, I guess it's a good nod. I mean, I'm not surprised he was going to be it anyway. I guess because I think that you know the, the WWE loves to shove his his mid card vortex. I'm sorry, I'm stealing that from another show down the um, audience's throats. But I mean, we're not surprised. I mean, you know, I've always thought throughout the years the King of the Ring was meant for bigger platforms. You know. Is Springboard at Stone Cold, Springboard at Triple H, you know, just to name a few. Let's see what WWE does with this. Is that going to elevate Baron Corbin to the top, or is it going to keep him at the mid-card levels? I mean, it's a good win, but let's just see what happens. Yeah, I, um, I don't think anyone was necessarily surprised. I think he was one of the people that we assumed might win. Uh, definitely a really good match. Um I hope Gable gets momentum out of this more than anything. I think Corbin is going to get a steady push more than anything else. But hopefully Gable gets a sustained push out of this. Um, And, yeah, but, you know, at least Dre is consistent. You you have people that were talking about uh, Corbin has X-Pox. We we, we don't even like him at all. It's not that we're booing him because he's a heel. And then all of a sudden people are like, well, you know, Corbin has always been underrated. And be consistent, people. At least Dre's keeping it 100. 
Yeah, speaking of keeping it 100, uh, I would definitely have to agree with that. I mean, we we already knew that Baron Corbin was going to win. I think it was the best move that they could have made uh, as far as with this King of the Ring. Uh, it's, it definitely makes uh, Chad Gable look great, makes him look strong, doesn't make him look weak at, weak at all because he put on a fantastic show. And, of course, uh, he, he definitely – he definitely uh, is uh, elevating himself to another level as far as on a singles uh, competitor level. Uh, we really haven't had a chance to really see this side of him. I mean, of course, I've seen a couple two or five live matches, but, you know, Gable definitely uh, benefited from this. So King Corbin is what we have. You think so? He, oh, yeah. He, oh, he, he, I don't know. Hell no. Chad Gable is not benefiting from this. At all, no. He's uh, go, nah, I don't think so. I mean, he's a, is he a good wrestler? Oh God, yes, he is. But is he benefiting from this? No, he's not. No, he'll be right back down in the in the lower leagues in the next week or so. Trust me, trust me. This this is not this is not going to elevate him. So no, I don't think so. I mean, will it do something for Barry Corbin? Sure, but Chad Gable, nah. You want a good wrestling match? Watch Chad Gable. That's all I'm going to say. But I don't think off of this alone it's going to elevate him. He's always had good matches. He's a great in-ring competitor, but really, yeah, he ain't been the same since he's been with Jason Jordan, in my opinion. I think it's elevated him. It's just a matter of whether or not it'll stay elevated. You know, he, he's got a little bit of a momentum right now. Will they do anything with it, or will, you know, he just fade off in a couple of weeks? It's kind of to I be determined. But, you know, even, like, when he, like, it, I was watching it throughout the tournament. I was trying to see if, like, he was going to get a bigger pop each round and stuff like that. Um, he never seems to get that great of a reaction when he comes out. But by the end of the match, everyone's cheering for him and chanting his name and all that kind of stuff. So he wins the crowd over every time, but it's like... It's it's kind of like what you're saying. It's he's he's got to get any sort of sustained push for anyone to actually think that he's not just going to be, you know, back in the background in a matter of weeks. Agreed. Uh, now we definitely have to talk about the theme taking over Monday Night Raw, uh, even even down to the opening of the show, and then after. After the threat made to Seth Rollins, we have the graphics upside down, which Twitter lost their shit over. Uh, I don't understand why. Uh, of course, in this day and age, if one thing messes up, the whole show is shit. But I don't even think it was a mess up. I, I think everything tied in to the end of the show. So uh, I definitely, I definitely appreciated the. And it, it, it almost seemed like he was literally directing the show. Of course, you know Paul Heyman did that, but. Uh, the show itself just felt like a totally different show, and that that was one of the things that they put out on the on, on a presser to hype up uh, that uh, that show was. This is going to be one of the best Raws you've seen in months, and it was uh, just just from the fact the the fiend uh, basically having Seth spook uh, hanging up the pictures on the wall of all his victims, and then he later attacks. Mayor Glenn Jacobs uh, inside the ring and uh, give gives him the the minimal claw and you have Seth in the corner scared like a little bitch like I I I love the ending of Raw I I don't care what anyone says 
And then, of course, the end of the show with the graphics, upside down, flickering, the music going on and off. I don't know if two minutes was overkill, but I enjoyed it. Uh, what did you think, Doug? It is uncanny how much Mayor Glenn Jacobs looks like Corporate Kane. It's ridiculous. They look exactly alike. Um, no, I I thought it was really good how they took the 24-7 championship, which is something that is relatively silly. I don't I don't think that it's a bad thing that it's silly, but it's relatively silly. Um, and they incorporated it into something more meaningful. So they took the entertainment part and put it into, you know, the sports part to set it up to uh, get us a match um, with Seth Rollins, but to, to keep building that match towards Seth Rollins by using Kane. And they didn't oversell Kane. Like, they, you know, it was, it's the demon Kane. Like, they did, they sold him. They did not sell him, but they didn't go overboard with it and start listening down. And, you know, he wasn't getting hyped out throughout the entire show. Like, we all know who Kane is. Sometimes they oversell that kind of shit, and sometimes they milk it, but it went right to it. I mean, it's, it, they're, they're building the fiend the right way because they're not putting anything, um, unreachable for him. You know, Jerry King is one thing. I mean, that dude's old. Um, you know, mankind, yeah, not, not in the best shape. Kane, he's relatively been active semi recently. Um, so that was a, that was a good, uh, person for him to take down. Um, and even more excited for in the cell. Um, I agree with your, you know, I, I like that they're not, we're not seeing too much of them. And that's what I like. I like when they bring them out at certain times and it keeps his character fresh. And that's, I think that was the problem they had the first time with them. They overused Bray Wyatt too much. And I think that they doing it like this, having them, you know, appear every once in a while when the legend comes on, beat them up. That's perfect. Keep his character fresh and keep, you know, keep us guessing. That's what I like about this character. I just hope that, you know, when he wins the title, what's going to happen when he wins the title. So I'm looking forward to that. Speaking of that, we got Hell in the Cell. We got The Fiend versus Seth Rollins for the Universal Championship. Now, I do hope to God that it... Speaking of that, we have The Fiend versus Seth Rollins inside a Hell in the Cell match at Hell in the Cell. Uh, I really hope to God they did not bring out that red cell again because it was god awful to look at. Uh, but, awful. But um, here's the question I'm going to propose to the listeners out there, and we'll put it on the poll. Uh, we'll we'll put it on the voting poll on Twitter actually today. Do you think it's too early for the Fiend to win the title? Because we know that he can't lose his first, I'm sorry, his second pay-per-view match since being back. He can't lose the match. It could be a DQ or a non-finish. But Bray Wyatt's not new. You know, it may be a new gimmick. I don't agree with the, I mean, he's already won the championship. Like, it's not even like it's it would be his first one. Like, you know, with if it's going to be his first one, 
Got to make it count. He's already, he already, he's already done did it. So I don't know. I, I'm, I'm of the opinion that people are starting to turn on Seth Rollins for getting a Roman Reigns esque push, and um, it, it's probably time for him to to do something else. But I just, I don't know. I, I don't know what I want to have happen with this because. To have Seth Rollins beat the people that he's beaten, like Seth, like Brock Lesnar twice, uh, to just – it's almost like they built the run-up too much. So, you know, they could just say that, you know, the, the whole reason he dropped it is it's just the Fiend is so unpredictable and who could have prepared and um, then have Rollins chase after the Fiend. Um, I don't know. So we'll see what happens, but um, – it would be really interesting to see what they did with a, a Bray Wyatt as the champion, being able to do the Firefly Funhouse and come out as the Fiend. You know, would he would he have the belt in the Funhouse? Would would he say that you know the Fiend let him borrow the belt, or he wouldn't have the belt because it's technically the Fiend's? All that kind of shit would be so interesting. I just gotta wait and see. We'll see what happens, I guess. Like you said, he has had the belt before, and I thought his title reign was terrible because he only had it for three minutes. But, you know, I just don't want him to get overexposed because that's how they ruined him last time, and I hope they don't overexpose him if he wins. Well, when he wins, because he's going to win the title. You know, if he doesn't, like I said, like you said, Doug, the disqualification, I can see that happening, but I just don't. Seth Rollins isn't winning clean. There's no way Seth Rollins will win this clean. No, no, he doesn't win clean. No, if if he does, like I said, like you said, disqualification, but, you know, he doesn't win clean at all. Hell no. That'll that'll just ruin the whole momentum of Bray Wyatt, period. Yeah, and and if they – he can still he can be like Lesnar esque in the way that he doesn't have to be there every week. So I mean they're already doing that kind of already. So if he gets the belt, I, I mean I certainly wouldn't put him on TV any more than you are right now just because he's the champion. He's technically supposed to be a heel even though he's super fucking over. So you know there, there needs to be uh, an element of yeah I didn't bring the belt around because I'm not a fucking dopey baby face that's gonna just uh, fight everyone when I'm hurt or when it's not advantageous for me and shit like that. You know, you can have he's he's kind of a tweener. He's too over to be a complete fate or a heel. No one's booing him. Um, but I mean, they you know present him as a bad guy. But you know, we'll see. What do you think, JT? Well, <laughs> I do think that he can't, he can't lose this match. Um, and that does become a big problem if he does win it. You don't want to have him on TV too much, but you don't want to have another Brock Lesnar situation where you have the champion, but he's not on the show, or, or he's on the show, but he's not wrestling. And that's one of the, that's one of the biggest problems that we have with Brock Lesnar. That's one of the biggest problems that we have with The Rock when The Rock was a champ. Uh, the same thing for Bill Goldberg. I mean, of course, The Rock, Bill Goldberg. Older guys, semi, semi-retired, part-time guys. The same thing goes for Brock Lesnar, part-timer. But, you know, you have Bray Wyatt, who's a full-time wrestler. You don't want to overexpose him. 
But at the same time, you don't want to run into a situation where people are like, well, he's not showing up. I know, I know it builds anticipation and I, I know it does, you know, have the fans kind of answer, yo, I want, I wonder if he's going to be on the show today or, you know, I want, I wonder if it's not just going to be a video package that we're actually going to get a match. So, you know, there's, there's a depth, there's a lot of different as, aspects when you look at a Bray Wyatt becoming the universal champion. Uh, but I do know that. He's going to win Hell in a Cell. I just want to know how do they go from here? What happens with Seth? Does Seth go down to a mid card? Does Seth become a chaser? Does Seth get caught in a in another feud? I mean, those are those are all uh, different uh, questions for another time. But that's my opinion on that. One thing I want to talk about before we leave from from that is uh, from Raw and talking about Raw in the whole, and before we go on commercial break, um, we had the gender reveal. Maria Kanellis revealed her baby daddy to be Ricochet, and uh, Ricochet wasn't the baby daddy. They got in a fight with Mike Kanellis. Mike Kanellis uh, slapped him not once, but twice, two times in the face, real quick. Um, Lost the fight. Maria comes out. Well, Ricochet wasn't my baby daddy anyways. My real baby daddy is. And it's Rusev. Not just any Rusev. A Freddie Mercury mustache Rusev. <laughs> like, I am happy that he's back. And I want to know, how did you guys feel about that? Because I know, I know this angle is not meant to be taken serious at all. It's supposed to be, uh, from, from what I'm reading, a long-running joke. And I actually found that. Uh, you may want to Google that shit because I'm not here to educate you. But how do you guys feel about it? I don't think that they're going to really run with Rusev as the baby daddy. I think that was uh, just an extended version of what they did to Ricochet. I, I, I hope. Because uh, it would be awfully... Uh, with what we've already done with Rusev, Summer Rae, Ziggler, and Lana, we, we really don't need another thing like that. Um, so I really hope that that's not too serious, but if it is, um, I'll, I'll see what happens, but it's good to see Rusev again. Um, me, I, like, I, I was like, um, okay, like Doug said, this really don't make no sense, and I hope they really don't bring him back into the fold with this shit, because this is retarded, but... WWE, so who knows? But I, I didn't honestly. I was like, I wasn't really like, oh, yeah, yeah. I was just like, oh, okay, and just kept it moving, really. But Rusev looks great. I mean, me, me and the wife was uh, actually sitting down, and we were watching Raw. And if you know anything about my wife, uh, we really don't sit down and watch wrestling together this is more of like a me time when she does come in and watch it is more so like if it's like a women's match or if there's something going on with nxt but she sits down and we're sitting on the couch and i see rusev come out i'm like damn rusev looks great i mean shredded some pounds there slimmed down i mean rusev has me inspired to uh, drop some weight i mean yeah he, he definitely came back looking in great shape but <laughs> Before we get uh, get out of here for our first commercial break, uh, 
definitely want to let you guys know that we have an interview coming up later on in the show. And um, I tell you what, not even later on. Matter of fact, let's just go right to the interview. And when we come back from the interview, we'll definitely talk about everything NXT, SmackDown Live, and AEW. We'll be back right after these commercial messages. Spoiling you people, we're spoiling you. And welcome back, ladies and gentlemen. If you were listening to the top part of the show, you already knew that I promised you that we had some special guest on the show. That's plural with the S at the end, not just one, but two. Uh, you do know that we've been advertising, of course, on Twitter and Instagram and the Book of Faces, which I am never promoting as much as I need to. If we had MySpace back, I would totally be doing a great job. But that just tells you how old I am. But getting to my special guest on the show today, uh, I'm here on location at RSW's show here in Ledyard, Connecticut, Ledyard Fair, uh, a title, of course, Monsters of the Midway. And I have two of one of, I'm sorry, two of the most monstrous people on this card as a tag team, the House of Pain. I have on the show no other than Hakeem and Nick of the House of Pain. How's it going? Hey, man. What's going on, man? Glad to be here. Thanks for having us on, man. Appreciate it. Oh, it's no problem, man. No problem. Uh, Definitely glad I made the nine and a half hour drive to get out here. Shit. Yeah, we know about those trips. (laughs) Why am I complaining? Because I know wrestlers do this all the time. Oh, yeah. I mean, yeah, we've, we've done 12 hours, 14 hours to Tennessee. Tennessee, Indiana, Indiana, Florida. Florida. Oh, shout out. Which part of Florida? Uh, Fort Lauderdale. Fort Lauderdale. Shout out to the 954. Me, personally, I was born in the 561 Boynton Beach, which is uh, literally less than 30 minutes away from Fort Lauderdale, which is less than an hour away from Miami. So, y'all definitely in my stomping grounds there, man. (laughs) We uh, we was working out there with Pablo Marquez from uh, ECW back in the day. Yeah. Nice, nice. Coastal Championship wrestling out there. Pretty, Pretty dope. Uh, pretty dope spies. Good, great trainer, great mind for the business. Yes. So shout out to him. Man, man. So uh, how that was your experience in Florida? It was great. It, it was, was great. Yeah. Um, we um, did the show and we also did a seminar. We taught the seminar. <laughs> it was good. It was, it was it's a good. different. Yeah. It was a little different t- style for the for the guys that were there. They, you know, we were helping them build psychology. That's that's the kind of style we like. We prefer psychology over just moves and spots. Like, I mean, it's cool that that's what you're into and that's what you like. But, you know, as far as Florida, it, it was great. It was a great time. Pablo takes care of us. <laughs> and the food. Oh, my oh, gosh. Yeah, 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 Food, you know, ladies, everything. <laughs> yes, yes, We yes. definitely want to bring something different to the game. If everybody else is being spot monkeys, then we can bring something different to the table and we stand out every time. Everywhere we go, we stand out because we're different from the rest of the card. I, I definitely agree with that, and I just have to point out that I love the way you said "spot monkey." Uh, me personally, I probably would have did it kind of like Rick Ross, "spot monkey," you know. <laughs> Shout out to Ricky, Ricky Rose. But uh, so uh, not not to not to get too far off uh, from the style of interview that we're getting ready to do. Let's start off with the basics. Uh, I'm going to start off with you, Akeem. How did you get into professional? No, take that back. What gravitated you to professional wrestling as a kid? Oh, wow. Uh, 
Damn, I'm gonna give my age by singing this song. <laughs> oh, don't worry about it. I'm, I'm old as um, shit too. Um, I uh, the first experience with wrestling was Piper's Pit, and I watched Piper's Pit, and then matches came on after that, and I was instantly hooked. So you can picture what Piper's Pit was on. I'm not gonna say what year. <laughs> For all you millennials and marks out there, go ahead and Google that shit because we're not here to educate you guys. I'm not. <laughs> I'm not I'm not going to be the one to Google that for you. I'm sorry. I'm already editing and recording this interview. You get, you're asking for too much. Uh, so Piper's Pit, definitely a big uh, staple in wrestling. Uh, Roddy Piper, one of the best to ever do it as a hill. Uh, what would you say as far as Roddy Piper uh, captivated you? Um, The way he drew people in by speaking. Because that's how I got drawn in, just by listening to him speak on the show. I can't remember what guests he had on, but just his speaking alone drew me in. And then after after the show was over, they went into matches. And I said, oh. And then I started watching the matches. But just his speaking is what drew me in. Got you, got you, got you. Same question for you, Nick. Uh, my earliest memories is like around Royal Rumble 89. Like, I remember the super pose down with uh, Ultimate Warrior and Rick Rude, and I remember Demolition squaring off. And Demolition was one of my favorite tag teams. So see them, numbers one and number two drove me crazy. And I was like, it was just that, like, the craziness of everything. That's what drew me to it. The characters, Demolition with the face paint, Hogan with the red and yellow tearing the shirt. Like, it was, you know, it was like comic books. I wasn't into comic books like that as a kid, so those were my comics. Wrestling was like comic books coming to life for me. I mean, I, I can agree with that. I mean, I didn't collect comic books, but my older brother, uh, Seneca, he, he used to collect all the comic uh, cards. Yeah. So not only comic cards, I mean, baseball, basketball. I mean, I, I have throwback X-Men cards back home wow. that I haven't, like, looked at far as, like, possibly getting some money for them. Yeah. Uh, I don't want to touch it because that's my brother's collection, and I'm going I'm to wait till he gets out of prison and do that. But, uh, you know, just saying, brother, if you are listening to this podcast, if they're not there when you – you know, get out. Just know that I put it aside for you. Uh, but with that being said, far as gravitating towards wrestling, now you all got the chance to experience the Monday Night War growing up and all that. Uh, so, what what side were you on? Uh, were you uh, a WCW type of guy, or were you WWF? Were you Monday Night Nitro? Or were you Monday Night Raw? Let's go with you, uh, Akeem. I was definitely Raw. I mean, I'm from the Northeast. So it's being kind of biased. So I'm gonna. It was raw. It was more raw than uh, WCW. Yeah, same for me. WWE all the way. Like I mean, I I enjoyed WCW. I watched it, but I was watching Raw first. I catch a replay of Nitro, or I was good with catching in between commercials. But Raw, I needed to watch every minute. Every like I, I wouldn't miss it. I mean, this is way before the days of DVRs. I mean, this is the time when you had to go ahead, hook up that VCR to all you, all you young folks who know what a VCR is. It's this machine that's shaped like a rectangle, uh, rectangle oh, prism. Really telling that age on this I, I remember discovering like the timer, like, oh shit, I could go to sleep and, and it'll record it while I'm asleep. Yeah. Oh, Man, I had crazy. no idea about the timer until I got like older. And this was yeah, like, yeah, no, I was old. I was definitely way older. Like, yeah, like, oh, like, like this is, this is around the time where DVDs had, uh, came out. And it's like, oh, well, you know, you can set the timer. I'm like, what? There, there was a timer here the whole time? You mean to tell me I've been staying up, hitting pause to, to yeah, cut out the commercials? commercials out. Yes. 
Fuck damn, you just brought me back to my childhood with that one. I'm trying to save space on this videotape that probably only has nine hours on it. <laughs> so, you yeah. know, you, you definitely had to make the, the best that you could do with those uh, cassette tapes. Uh, sure. But, uh, I mean, for me personally growing up, me growing up in the South, I was more WCW. Only because, you know, WCW is just what it was inside the South. 605 Saturday nights, you already knew what time it was. It was WCW Saturday night. And uh, for me, it was more so WCW. I got a chance to go to a couple uh, WCW and WWF events at the time as a kid. Vaguely remember seeing Jake the Snake. Vaguely remember seeing Ultimate Warrior. Uh, vaguely remember seeing Shawn Michaels when he first introduced the Heartbreak Kid character. So it's like, man, th these are memories that, that always stay with me. And this is uh, at the Palm Beach Auditorium, which is now the Jehovah Witness uh, Auditorium Center. And they own that whole parking lot. You took away my whole entire childhood. But it's okay. I guess you're saving lives. Moving on. Uh, so... From there, of course, you got your love for wrestling at a very young age. Yourself with Piper's Pit. Uh, of course, uh, you you at the Royal Rumble seeing the polls down between uh, Rick Rude and Ultimate Warrior. So, and of course, you all were definitely pro-WWF when it came to the Monday Night Wars. Now, in school, was this something that was known? Or was it more so closeted with a, a couple friends that you know that watched it? And we're going to start off with you, Nick, first. Oh, nah, for sure. Everybody knew. Like, that was my thing. I, I don't like anything else. I'm not a football fan, not a basketball, no, no other sports. Professional wrestling, I've been this since day one. <laughs> for as long as I can remember, wrestling has always been the passion, it's always been the dream. And I couldn't see myself doing anything else. So in school, you, you never uh, played, played any uh, the, the athletic sports or anything like that? Nope. I would, you know what I would do? I would actually sit down as a kid and... While everybody was doing that, I'd come to gym unprepared and write matches for my action figures when I got home. Wow. And book shows. Like, that was where my mentality was. Like, I'm going to do this whole thing with my action figures. And then as I got older, I was able to do it with my friends. And we, you know, put shows together and stuff. Man, like, I, I remember for me, like, in school, it wasn't so much of a closeted thing. I mean, I well, not only until I got to high school. High school was like considered weird if you liked wrestling uh, past the age of fourteen. It was almost like like in Power Rangers past Power Rangers Turbo or something like that. But me personally, I, I watched Power Rangers all the way into the Lost Galaxy, and that was it. Uh, but uh, mo moving on from that part, uh, let's let's figure out this for you, Akeem. Now, was this something that people knew, or was it closeted? Um, everybody knew. I took a different route um, approaching it, though, because, you know, you mentioned WCW and Jim Ross will always talk about, oh, you got to have a football background or an amateur wrestling background. So me listening to um, Jim Ross say that I took the route and became an amateur wrestler to get to where I'm at right now. So I actually was an amateur wrestler in high school. Oh, okay. So how how did that how did that go for you? I mean, what what experiences from amateur wrestling was able to carry over into your pro life? Um, it, it helped me a lot. Um, I, I actually got to leave the country amateur wrestling first, then I did pro. So it was I was I was pretty good. I, I won some titles, and it was pretty good. It got me to the path to where I'm at now. Mm. Now, definitely, uh, people. For a lot of people that get this confused, amateur wrestling is nothing at all compared to professional wrestling. There are some aspects of it that you can use it in the technical aspect. Yes. But as uh, far as, uh, you know, comparing the two, they're, they're two totally different sports. Two different 
Two different worlds. I mean, uh, a lot, lot of our greats, as far as pro wrestling, uh, have been amateur wrestlers. I mean, you look at guys like Kurt Angle. Uh, you look at guys uh, who was also amateur wrestlers. I mean, he's not considered a great, but he's a good wrestler, and he gets a lot of flack. But I'll say Dolph Ziggler, uh, Brock Lesnar, uh, you know. The Steiners. Uh, yeah, the Steiners, Shelton Benjamin, uh, Charlie Haas, uh, and, of course, the new – was that Bret Hart, Bret Hart. Yeah. and also the the newcomer uh Chad Gable Chad Gable yeah Chad, mad props to Chad Gable man mad props those guys are the you know they they have a different kind of toughness I yeah. mean you know the two the two wrestlings are different and they both take a lot of toughness and a lot of you know you get a lot of bumps and bruises you're getting beat up you know but they they their mentality and their level is a different kind of toughness <laughs> <laughs> Nah, but i mean it's dope it's cool like i i like with my partner here, like I see that even in just his the, his drive and the way he does things, you know, it's you could tell it's it's just that I have to get this done. I'm gonna go do this, and I'm pretty sure that attributes back to being a collegiate wrestler and knowing, you know, you got to get it done. Right. Most definitely, most definitely. So moving on in, in, into you guys' story. So when did you decide to go ahead and wrestle like when, when did you break out and what was the reaction of your family and friends when you told them that this is what i'm getting ready to do and i'm gonna start off with you Aki. well i waited a little late in the game you could call me like you know a modern day ddp <laughs> yeah, nothing wrong with that yeah so i waited kind of late you know doing other things in life you know having a family and stuff like that and i was getting to the point i was like you know um let me try this so i won't have any regrets later at least if I tried, then I see what happened. And then I tried, and it kind of blew up from there. Like, we we done been all over the country, pretty much. And we wrestled in Canada. We wrestled for um, Hannibal out in Canada. Um, We've been out here in Connecticut for the past three years, killing it out here. And we're from New York. And we killed New York before we came out here. So right now, um, our goal right now is to get on some type of TV, whether it's MLW, whether it's AEW, Impact, NWA. NWA. And speaking of NWA, guys, it's, it's, I don't, it's, a, uh, it's a picture floating around about the House of Pain possibly going to NWA. So if you see it online, grab it and share it, man. Let them know that we're ready for prime time. And to all the people who have done it and put the you know put the pick out there and, and, and doing this like we appreciate that that means a whole lot to us like we we work hard and you know we we appreciate that the fans appreciate what we do right and they're willing to you know they want to see us take that next step they want to see us on that next level and I you know I think we're ready for it I think we need that right. you, know, you need to be in there with people that are better to for you to get better. I mean, I, I, I totally agree. And just for the listeners that are uh, uh, tuning into the show, when he says NWA, it's the National Wrestling Alliance. I'm not. We're not talking about Dr. Dre, <laughs> DJ Yellow. Uh, we're not talking about MC Ren, Ice Cube, Easy. Yeah. We're we're talking about wrestling. This is a wrestling podcast. If you stumbled upon this, mm-hmm. then that's what we're talking about. Uh, so uh, so. 
I definitely agree with that. So many platforms out there for professional wrestling. I just read that Ohio Valley uh, Wrestling, which is now ran by Al Snow, yes. is getting ready to go uh, on Wednesday nights uh, up, up until the time that, of course, uh, AEW debuts. And I think they're going to move to Tuesday nights. But they're also doing television. And it's just so many different platforms out there. With wrestling being so on this climb of uh, mainstream, almost getting that popularity that it had back inside the 80s and in the early 90s. I, I've been preaching this for the past, I don't know, almost a year. I tell people that wrestling is 25 hours a day, eight days a week. You do the math. But we it's a whole different type of life. I mean, there's not enough time in, in one entire day to go ahead and watch all these promotions, which is why you add up the hours, which is why you end up with 25 right. But moving on from there... Uh, once you all definitely got got into the wrestling uh, world, taking over Connecticut, taking over uh, New York, uh, who would you say far as uh, far as when you guys trained? Well, let's let's go with that question first. Uh, what year did you start training? And I'm gonna go with uh, you first, Nick. Oh, I, I'm gonna say I started training in. It's. I learned how to bump when I was 15 years old. Uh, I learned from a guy named uh, Happy the Clown. He's an indie wrestler in New York. And he showed me how to bump around and things. So I was learning how to bump then. And then, so that was like the first formal training. He kind of gave me the basics to it. How did it feel? Uh, It was painful. (laughs) (laughs) No, that first bump knocks the shit out of you. And it's kind of like, you know, after that, you know, all right, can I do this? Or do I not want to do it? And I took that bump. I got all the wind knocked out of me, and I was ready to get up and do it again. And I, you know, took that. And then later on, you know, I formed my own little backyard fed. We did that for a while. And then I linked up with my partner here, and we went to go train at Fighting Spirit Wrestling in Brooklyn, New York, with Joel Maximo from the SAT of TNA. And that, like, there I learned lucha style, and it was that was a great experience. He's a really good teacher, really good person, so... Shout outs to him for, you know, helping us out with that. <laughs> I cannot wait to see you do some lucha moves inside the ring. <laughs> because if you guys haven't seen these guys, these guys are solid brick houses. And uh, I, I definitely have to see this happen. Hopefully it happens tonight here in RSW. <laughs> maybe, maybe maybe we see a... a Something. Well, I don't know. We, we, we got to see something. But uh, uh, for for you, uh, definitely, I have to know, Hakeem. Uh, so w- once you started training, uh, how was that first bump for you? Painful. <laughs> Painful. And he, he made me do at least about 30 at a time. And it was crazy. And then I had to hit the ropes, and I had that red burn on my back. Oh, oh man, yeah, it was crazy. But, yeah, I started... Um, my training, like he said, with um, Joel Maximo from the SATs. And then later on, for us to learn the psychology style of it, we got trained by Paul Roma from yeah, the um, that's, Four that's, Horsemen. Yeah. So that's when our got trained world, by one of the horsemen. Yes, yes that's our whole world changed. That's when I, yeah, man. Because, like, I mean, th- through, through Joel Maximo, we learned the lucha style, which a lot of people, you know, it's popular today, but what you don't know is like, that helps you with a lot of positioning. It helps you with creating space in the ring. It, it We learned what we could and everything that was great about lucha. And then when we went to Paul Roma, he taught us psychology and it changed everything. Yeah. It, it made us an even greater team. I feel like it was like the best, one of the best decisions we made was going to him for like that finishing polish. Right. And he, yeah. Yeah, it definitely, um, 
made us put things together that make sense. That's why, you know, not to sound cocky, every time we go somewhere, we always stand out because you put us you put us on in the middle of the show or even the last of the show. And if you watch every other match, it's kind of the same. When you see the House of Pain come out, we change the whole game. It, you get fed back into it like we use a kid when you watch it on TV. When you see us, it brings you back to that that time period where it drew you into the storytelling of a match. I mean, I definitely agree because uh, yesterday was my first time seeing you guys. And when you guys came in, I'm like, man, who the fuck are these guys? <laughs> it's like, man, these, these guys are solid as fuck. I'm like, shit. I, I was like, okay, I know they're not security. I mean, they could be security, <laughs> but they solid. Like, I know just by looking at them coming in, it's like either A, I don't want to piss them off. Or two, move the fuck out the way. It, but uh, the, these these guys are solid, man. But uh, yeah, you, you definitely captivated the crowd last night. I mean, on point. I was like, damn, this crowd's like really into it. The crowd was great last night. I mean, it, it was awesome, especially the girls that were in the side. I don't know who those girls' parents are, but I thanks hope, for bringing them. Cause... Thanks for bringing them, and I hope they don't kiss you with that mouth either. Oh uh, yeah, yeah. They were saying some pretty foul things. Oh yeah. yeah, their shrieking was heard for sure. Oh. Yeah, yeah, I loved it. I loved every minute of it. Yeah. Now, uh, speaking of tag team wrestling, you, you guys, of course, forming a tag team uh, and uh, and uh, going on across, of course, the the, the northeast and uh, and just basically being able to go everywhere in the world. Uh, let me hit you with this question: For as tag team, who would you say you mostly uh, style your style style your team after? Oh man, go ahead, Nick. You go first. Uh, we. What I look at is we're like a mix. We try to take a lot from the Brain Busters, you know, Arn and Tully. Then we also kind of have like that heart foundation. He's the power. I can kind of do a little bit of the technical stuff, even though I'm, you know, a bigger dude as well. But we, we both, that's who, that's the team I think we are most after yeah, the is heart, the Heart Foundation. The heart Foundation. For sure. I mean, there's implements of other teams that we like that we took, you know, Demolition and the Brain Busters and the Steiners, like all those great teams that we... And believe it or not, even the Rockers. And the Rockers, yeah. We can also fly off the ropes as well, so... <laughs> so, yeah, it's, it's one of those things that we took from a lot of different ones, but if you if we had to narrow it down and pick just one, is definitely the Heart Foundation. And I definitely seen you fly off the ropes last night. So... <laughs> So uh, it, it definitely made an impact. Uh, so your 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 influences through tag team wrestling, you definitely named some great names like uh, out there, Heart Foundation, The Brain Buster, Demolition. Uh, who would you say, in your opinion, uh, is one of the greatest tag teams of all time? And I know that's kind of hard because, you know, there's so many different eras. But uh, if we had to go, let's just say 80s, 90s, today. Oh, okay, that's all. so. That, that that's a little bit more easy for you. That way, no one's getting shafted. Well, someone's gonna get shafted either way. But yeah. hey, listen, we'll we'll just deal with it. Sorry about it. All right, so let's start off with you, Akeem. Who would you say uh, in the '80s and the '90s and today? Let's go with the '80s first. '80s, I'm gonna have to say um, Tully and Arn. <laughs> um, '90s, I'm gonna say Steiner Brothers. Okay. Um, early 2000s. I'm gonna say the New Age Outlaws. Okay, all right, all right, all right. Yeah, um, for the '80s, I'll say Arn and Tully for sure. The '90s, oh, '90s is. 
I'll, yeah, I'll, I'll go with the Steiners. That's that, That'll be a safe answer for me. I definitely go for the Steiners. And uh, in the 2000s, for me, I enjoyed uh, the Hardys. All right. Okay. Okay. I like the Outlaws as well, but I just want to be different from my partner in that in that aspect. So I, I'll give it to the Hardys. They were doing things that were really innovative and really cool at the time. It was something that was real different, and it was just starting to come out as far as in the WWE. And to see where they are now is, is awesome. Man, I definitely, definitely have to agree with, with y'all picks. Uh, you're not going to get my picks because I just don't feel I answered the question right now. Uh, so moving on from, from this question, uh, and we're going to do one more wrestling-related question, and then we're going to go into our random shits on the show. Because, uh, no, you guys got to get ready to do your tag match here. So uh, let's go. What is up with all these kids pulling wedgies out their asses today? <laughs> if, if you, I'm sorry, but I have to give you all the, the scene of what we're looking at. We're at the fair. I'm parked on the side. The wrestling ring's underneath the tent. There's a bench over here. There's a bunch of kids. This is like the third kid I've seen digging in their ass. I don't know what's going on, but maybe they, they need to get changed, maybe wipe it. But these kids are digging for quite a while. Oh, it's the rides when it's spinning them in circles. It's, oh. it's, it's, it's moving everything up. So you know. Got like, you. Got. And I just want to clear the air. Like I want to clear the air. It's no, not. I'm, I'm gonna go with you. What you said in the beginning. They're not clean. Yeah, they, they're not. They're not clean. But you know what? I, I'm. I'm. I'm just gonna put this out here. It's not like I go to fairs look, looking for kids to dig in their asses. <laughs> I'm not looking for any kid to go. Don't, I'm making that clear. I'm putting out a formal statement. It just happened. This is like the third time I looked up and it was happening. Uh, back to the interview. Sorry, guys. Uh, so moving on uh, from that question, and you, you talked about your, your favorites, 80s, 90s, 2000s. Uh, let's go ahead and move into one more wrestling question, and that wrestling question would be this. If you can have a dream tag team match with any tag team retired or active who would it be As a matter of fact give me those two answers well, yeah, split it up. one active and one, one, one retired one retired all right so let's go Akeem. um i'm gonna say uh heart foundation okay i think that would have been a cool match the house of pain versus the heart foundation and present time <laughs> oh boy um I'm going to say, because I personally know them as well, and they've been doing their thing for the past two years. I trained with them when I first started, and we never crossed paths as far as having a match with each other. That would be Ortiz and Santana. They used to be LEX. I don't know what they call themselves now, but House of Pain versus Ortiz and Santana need to happen. I like that, man. And uh, I, I don't know if they signed with AEW or not, but... Spo- yeah, they just signed with AEW. Oh, okay. I, I, yeah, I'm not, I'm not sure because there, there was a spoiler going around uh, that they did another show for Impact. So, I'm not, I'm not yeah, sure. it's coming up, actually. I think they're doing... Yeah, it's coming up, actually. Yeah. So, I'm not, I'm not sure. I'm not sure. You know, I'm just throwing it out there. But that, that, I like to see that matchup. Uh, former LAX, uh, whatever you're going to call yourself on, on the new scene. But I would like to see Ortiz and Santana. I actually got the chance to see those guys wrestle, uh, what was it, uh, WrestleCon, WrestleMania re- uh, weekend in New Orleans. So I got to see those guys wrestle, and I was with a bunch of hecklers in the crowd. And uh, it, it was hilarious because someone started the No Way Jose chant, 
And uh, he, he basically stopped mid-match and just looked, and it went absolutely silent. And the person that started that chant is actually doing this interview with you guys. So, uh... <laughs> Shout out, shout, shout out to LAX. Uh, you know, I, I was just being an asshole that day, but a good <laughs> asshole. I, I heckled everybody. Not too bad to the point you wanted to fight me, but, you know, it was definitely fun. Uh, same question for you. Let's go, Nick. Uh, I would, I'm not going to say the Heart Foundation just because I feel like since we have similar styles, it, you know, it's just going to be a style clash. Um, but I would want to see us versus the Rockers. Oh, okay. Just because of that dynamic that they had with the Heart Foundation, and see what what kind of things we would be able to create with them, nice. and then to be in there with two greats is, Shawn you know, Michael's it's awesome. Body. Yeah, Shawn Michaels is my favorite. I'm Marty Shawn Jenny's Michaels, my Mark. So my he's just saying that to be an asshole. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but no, and then present day, um, I'm gonna go with what my partner said. I'm gonna say LAX. Uh, you know, just because they have been doing their thing, they have been tearing it up. Or you know what? Even to be different, maybe uh, Bobby Fish and Kyle O'Reilly. Oh, the undisputed era, era. Red Dragon for all those yes. uh, those uh, the old school fans there. That would be that would be something interesting as well that I you know I would love to have you know have happen for us. Hey, listen, if you guys are listening to the podcast, uh, executives there inside AEW and NXT. Uh, make this match happen somehow, some way. I definitely like to see it. I know the listeners would like to see it, and I think it'll be a great thing for wrestling. But let's go into these rando questions, as I always ask towards the end of the show. Let's talk about, of course, who are you listening to inside the gym when you guys are training? Um, I listen to, believe it or not, a lot of um, Rocky soundtracks. Uh, <laughs> 80s and, montage. Yeah, and um, Nas. Shout out to Nas. Shout out to Nas. And shout out to Rocky. Rocky has some of the best inspirational yes, soundtracks in the world, man. Yes, it's like, honestly, if I if I would have listened to the Rocky soundtrack while doing my SATs, I probably would have had a higher score. <laughs> <laughs> um, I'm always a fan of Eminem. So I'm, I'm, I'm listening to Eminem all the time. But uh, I also like a lot of Joe Budden, a lot of Slaughterhouse. Like, I'm definitely in that area. I, my music needs to be violent. <laughs> <laughs> listen, listen. When you said Eminem, we automatically yeah. clicked. We automatically clicked. Uh-huh. This is a true story, and my my friends are going to probably retweet this or on the Book of Faces or on MySpace if their page is still active. Uh, but they're, they're going to talk about the moment that we went to the Anger Management 2 oh. concert in Palm Beach County. And uh, they end up getting their tickets free. I end up buying my tickets, and I end up getting a better ticket. But anywho, we're, we're getting ready to go to the show, and the tour bus is pulling up. And Eminem had already gotten out, so I missed that part. But on the other side of the tour bus was Lil Jon and the East Side Boys. It was Lil Scrappy. Uh, G-Unit were on their own separate tour bus. So as Lil Jon is, uh, is getting out and he's walking, and I noticed that the way my body was positioned, I want you guys to picture this. Just picture, picture, a, picture a, a, a emu. Right, the tall looking bird that looks like an ostrich. My body was positioned one way, but my head was pointing the other way. <laughs> so a- as I'm, my body is like, my body is straight, my head's this way, and my hand is kind of waving. So I'm like, hey, little John, 
the way my friends make it sound, they, they made it sound like that that I was like posted like I was trying to get his phone number or some shit. <laughs> like like hey little John, like it's, it's like what are friends for? I mean, but that was not the case. And I I, I swear to you, they're probably gonna call in on the show and, and definitely d- debate me on that. But I was not posted like I was trying to get his number. I was not in a position of a thought. As, as 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 y'all would say now today. All right. So from that question, um, let's move on to the next one. Definitely favorite genre of movies. Let's go ahead, Akeem. Oh, man. Oh, I, I say I'm, I'm more into um, true life movies, you can say, biographies. Okay. I'm more into that than anything else and action, of course. All right. All right. Yeah. Favorite action movie of all time. Oh, man. Threw me on the spot. Uh, Lethal Weapon. What? Riggs, Riggs. <laughs> yeah. Well, he threw me on the spot. I ain't yeah, got time yeah, to think yeah, about. Nah, it. That is that's a hard ass question. Though. I'm too old for this shit. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that that describes us as the best. <laughs> I'm too old for this shit. Um, Let's I'm go with comedy. you, Nick. I'm a comedy guy. All right. Oh, favorite yeah. comedy of all time. Um, oh no! Don't worry about it. You you getting all the smoke today? Yeah. Oh. Uh, damn. I can't, it's hard to say of all time, but one that I know that I can watch anytime it comes on is Super Bad. I love it. <laughs> I am make love it. Yeah, 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 yeah. Pause on the show, and it, it, I'm gonna tell you how much I love this show. I'm sorry, you're getting a chance to see stuff you shouldn't see, like a Tito's bottle, <laughs> the shot glass, uh, the, the essentials, of course. Yeah, the essentials of life. I travel with this in my car, <laughs> uh, but I just want you all to peep this out. And mind you, don't know these guys. Just met them for the first time. What's this inside my hand? <laughs> He's got McLovin's ID, the, the actual ID, and on the back it says, I am McLovin. This is fucking awesome. I swear to you, this picture is and all. picture and all. I have used this ID at many bars and still got served. Wow. That is I'd serve you just for fucking cleverness. <laughs> You're being clever. All right. And, awesome. and last question. We're having a great time here. Uh, Tell me about a story on the road that was just crazy. And let's try to wrap it up in three minutes or less because I know you guys got to go ahead and uh, go. It's almost time for the bell. But crazy story that happened on the road with you guys. Uh, real quick. All I'm going to say is remember Kim Patera? The Kim Patera story about him getting arrested? <laughs> <laughs> oh, wow. Yeah. Uh, you guys were involved in that? No. no we okay, good. Okay, good, good, we good. We wasn't involved in that, but, you know, if you know the story of the Kim Patera story, I was afraid that that would happen. Yeah, we so, went to a gas station. I'm yeah. going to tell the story, goddammit. Yeah. <laughs> went to a gas station, and one of, you know, with a group of guys that we all worked the show, we just got out thirsty as hell. We stopped at this uh, gas station. Guy puts the money down. He goes, hey, can I get change for 20? Clerk takes the 20. Guy goes, hey, can I get change for 20? Um, can I get my change back? He goes, you didn't give me any money. So then they go check the camera. They see him, the guy, take the money. He's like, oh, get out, get out. He gives him the money. He's telling us to get the fuck out of the store. So now all, there's six of us, all six of us. And there's three that look like me and my partner here. <laughs> the other two are real tall. And we're like, yo, we will fuck you up in this establishment right now. And as soon as we go to pull him over, like, we get into him. Everything cooled down. One of the girls were like, no, we don't got to do this. <laughs> we don't got to do this. And we all wound up leaving. But that dude almost got his ass whipped. Yeah. He almost got thrown through a glass window. Yes. Man, well, almost like Marty Jannetty. 
Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, my partner's going to love that one. Yeah. <laughs> see, you see how we came at full circle there? Yeah. All right. Now, before we get out of here, let's just go ahead and let the people know where they can find you on social media. Let's go. Oh, um, I am at uh, the House of Pain uh, underscore P-A-P-W. You can find us there. Um, also at Nick Payne 19 or at Nick Payne underscore H-O-P on Instagram and Nick Payne on uh, Facebook. And for you, um, you can find me on Hater Killer. <laughs> um, <laughs> Hater Killer on um, Instagram. Um, you can find me um, Hakeem Ali on Twitter. And you can find me Hakeem Ali also on Facebook. Yeah, uh, TN Payne 19 on Twitter. I forgot about that one. Well, there you have it, ladies and gentlemen. We just finished up a great interview. Is there any advice that you want to leave, uh, leave to the listeners uh, as far as just a good tidbit on life? Oh, shit. Uh, you know what? Always worry about your goals and what you want to do. And don't worry about what, in, what the next person is doing. They're living their life. You're living yours. And, you know, all we can do is just do it and get along. Respect each other. You? Never give up because you never know. I was a, you know, a kid with a dream. I went out there and tried it. And now the House of Pain is a, a household name. And we're and doing podcasts. We're doing podcasts. So <laughs> never say never, especially in the business of wrestling. Never say never. For sure. For sure. And my tidbit of advice will be make sure you keep your asses clean. That way you're not digging in it. <laughs> While someone's trying to record a podcast, I am Mr. Six Foot Nine. This was the House of Pain. Uh, we definitely had one of the uh, great tag teams here inside the Northeast. I can't wait to see these guys do great things, and I can't wait to see more things happen for you guys inside the business. Thank you, thank Thanks for doing the show, man. Thank you for having us. Having us man. Yes. We appreciate it, and thank you to the fans for listening. All right, and we are out. Before we close this, remember, it's our house, our rules. And we are out. Boom. All right. Thank you, guys. Thank you. And five, four, three, two, one. That, my friend, was a great, great interview. I enjoyed it. Well, I can't talk about myself. I'm pretty sure you guys enjoyed it as well. But that interview, actually, let me just tell you how this even came to me. I'm in Connecticut. Um there for the RSW show. And um the House of Pain shows up. I'm like, man, these guys are these guys are great. I was like, I definitely gotta get these guys on the interview real quick. And uh as you guys heard in the interview, we had a great time. Uh just definitely these guys had an interesting story and I thought that it had to be bought to light. Uh definitely wishing that these guys do get a contract offer from NWA and I'm not talking about like I said inside the clip before I'm not talking about Ice Cube, Dre, DJ Yellow, MC MC Ren I'm talking about the National Wrestling Alliance but uh, I'm definitely happy, happy for these guys and I cannot wait to see what comes next for the House of Pain just recently won a tag team championship not too long ago but not to stay on there Let's move on to SmackDown Live. SmackDown Live kicked off, and it kicked off in a major way. Six-man tag match, of course, between hashtag FTRKO versus The New Day. And it took place in Atlanta, Georgia, which is, a, what, Xavier Woods' hometown. 
and of course, uh, one of the one of the founding places of, I guess you could say, Crockett Promotions, WCW, as well as the National Wrestling Alliance. See how I tied it together. But uh, we had that match go on after the match, after, of course, the New Day wins. Who steps on the stage? No other than Paul Heyman and Brock Lesnar. And it's revealed to us that Brock Lesnar has challenged Kofi to a WWE, now they're calling the heavyweight championship, title match on the debut show of SmackDown on Fox. Doug, how do you feel about that? Brock Lesnar. Um, I wish he would commit to a beard. Um, He should come out like he's just been brooding in his fucking acreage uh, ever since he lost his title and just grow a savage fucking Viking beard and suplex people. Um, yeah, I mean, it's, it's his first televised match in 15 years. Um, so that's a pretty big deal. Um, hopefully it'll get some people back into the fold. Um, I don't know if you saw this and I don't know if I saw it in its entirety because I was just kind of skimming through. Um, on the way to class on Facebook or something, but did I see something that they're going to have it so that you can watch SmackDown through the Fox Sports app? That is correct. That is fucking that is- huge. That That is super huge. I mean, I have that right now, and I usually watch shit on bootleg sites. If they want me to watch it and I have to watch commercials or whatever, I, I'll watch it live. I don't give a shit. Uh, the whole reason I don't watch it live is because I'm usually at work. So now I can watch it through there, and they'll be able to advertise to me, and that'll make them money. So that's huge. Um, that 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 makes things way more accessible to people. Yeah, it it, it definitely does. It definitely makes everything more accessible. Uh, but one of the great things about about this whole entire uh, build up. To, to go into Fox, of course, but the buildup of this Kofi versus Brock Lesnar, this, this to me, of course, I, I think we spoke about this on our earlier show, but this has already been planned out for, for a while for Brock to come to SmackDown because why wouldn't you want a Brock Lesnar on Fox? Everyone knows who Brock Lesnar is. The world know who, you know, the, everyone knows him either from WWE, or they mostly know him from UFC, because Fox just had the rights to UFC before Disney, of course, purchased UFC and put them on ESPN. But Brock Lesnar is a household name. My question is, with Fox being on, reverse that, with SmackDown being on Fox, which is a national, a national uh, channel, don't need cable to get it. Do we see the ratings go back to the days of threes and fours? No, because it's on it's on it's on a national platform. Uh, I don't think so. Um, maybe no. if no. there's like a super special event, it's not going to be consistent. It, it, they might be able to spike it up. They might be able to raise it overall, and they should raise it overall. But again, I've been preaching this for a while now. Don't look at TV ratings in 2019 like they're the same thing 
and because they're not, they're just not. Right. You get a lot of people to watch sports. You get a lot of people to watch live shit that's on network television, and SmackDown is now a live thing on network television. But you can miss an episode, and it's not the end of the world. So it's not the same thing as Sunday Night Football or anything like that. So, right. you know, other than that, people stream and watch shit on their own time. They they wait for it to come out on Netflix. They're the, so they're always a season behind. They don't give it. People don't give a shit. They'll watch it eventually. Yeah, so I mean, people don't pay that premium to be able to to have cable now. I'm I'm lucky enough where I have it accessible to me, but you know, uh, other than that, you know, it's 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 I'm using someone else's fucking login for the most part. You know, it's not that I pay for it, so you know that that's what I think most people do. Someone pays for it, five people use it, and. You know, it, it's it's never going to spike to those levels. Yeah, I agree. I, I, like you said, it'll take a, like a, a rock or a stone cold to boost it up. But at the end of the day, I think it'll get a slight increase just because it's on Fox. But, you know, I don't think that it's going to be like, oh, this major issue. So, you know, and uh, get bringing Brock for the first episode is big because you want the first episode to be the setting stone for the rest of the shows. But, you know, I've always, and I've said this, a Brock Lesnar with a beard is a dangerous Brock Lesnar, and I pray for Kofi. Um, <laughs> I, I don't want none of that smoke with a, a bearded Brock Lesnar, none at all. Then it so, looks like he's been, like, sitting in his fucking barn just, like, stewing, ready to kill a man. Yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't want smoke with that one. But um, <laughs> yeah, it's you know it's gonna be big for you know. At first, when I saw it, I thought they were gonna fire hell in the cell. But then I seen the SmackDown thing, and I was like, well, Kobe still doesn't have a chance, but he has a very slim chance. So it does depend. Like we're gonna put the belt on Brock on SmackDown or not keep it on him and have a disqualification. So it's just. You know, it's just up in the air, but uh, I'm with it. Well, I'm I'm just going to say this. I don't think Kofi stands a chance because it wasn't that long ago that Brock Lesnar actually had a match versus the New Day, and I think he destroyed all three of them. And that was at, uh, was that Beast in the East? Uh, taking place in Tokyo, Japan. Yeah, I believe that, that was the place where Finn Balor won the... NXT championship from Kevin Owens. Well, here's the here's here's where I'm uh, what I'm thinking. I don't know if you can let Lesnar win. It, it depends on what direction they want to push it. Do, do they want to push this ultra realistic? There's no way we can have someone the size and and reputation of Brock Lesnar lose to Kofi Kingston, or do we want to tell a story? that Kofi Kingston has been on this meteoric run. He's taken out this guy. He's taken out this guy. And then now this is his biggest challenge. Everyone expects him to lose. No one necessarily wants him to lose because it's Lesnar, and they, they would rather have him like maybe win one more time and then lose it to someone that's still around. So he's going to get a pop if he beats Lesnar. And they end the show on a huge high. Welcome to fucking SmackDown. This is what to expect every week. That's what they were trying to do with NXT, and we'll get to that. Um, but ah, that's where I'm thinking would be the better choice if I'm booking it as much as it's not, 
in the character of WWE to have Lesnar take all these L's. I think if he takes one more for for the team, then you know you can maybe have him get something else or get him engaged with someone like a Strowman or something like I don't know, but, but I, I don't know what you do with Lesnar. The, that's why it's I don't know. We'll, we'll see. That's why you got to tune in. Damn it. I mean, personally, I think if they do have Lesnar. Uh, Take take the L's. He can go ahead and feud with someone like Bobby Lashley, who a lot of people been wanting to see this match, and they can do so many great things, especially with Fox being uh, from what has been said out there. It's going to be a totally different show from Raw. It's not going to feel like Raw. It's not going to look like Raw. It's going to have more of a realistic type of feel to it. I guess that that's what Fox is going for. They want, they want more so of a sports aspect to it. So, uh, I mean, if you do have Kofi win, then you can bring on a guy like Bobby Lashley versus Brock Lesnar. Maybe, maybe we have Bobby Lashley screw Brock Lesnar and then it goes into a program. Or, you know, maybe you have Brock Lesnar go over Kofi Kingston. And he becomes now your face of SmackDown and how things look the same. Cause this, this will be kind of like Brock once again ruling the SmackDown kingdom. This will be Brock Lesnar. Here comes the pain, Brock Lesnar in a sense. But that, I mean, it's, it's going to be great. I mean, SmackDown on Fox, I, I think it's going to be a, a great move, uh, a great move for for the company, and I think it's a great move to have these guys actually be able to set apart these shows and make all these shows look different. I think one of my biggest issues with Raw and SmackDown, besides being good shows, uh, my biggest issue is they look too much the same. Before, before when they had the draft in the earlier 2000s, SmackDown felt like a totally different show from Raw. Now, would, would you guys agree with me or disagree? I agree because they always, when they did these drafts, they always made SmackDown feel like the inferior show. And it's, it's always been like that for a majority of the years, except like two years ago when The Miz was over there. Good plug for The Miz, out, by the way. So, um, anywho, so that, you know, they've always made it that way, but I'm real eager to see how SmackDown is going to be on Fox. I can't wait to see how this is going to be. Um, but like you said, JT, they've always tried to keep Raw as a flagship show, even when they're not performing like a flagship show. So that's how it's always been. Yeah, I, I think you actually will get a better argument for a brand war and when they do Survivor Series for the first time it'll actually mean something because they're going to kill the wild card rule. They're going to redraft and that'll be before survivor series. So that'll be fresh and everyone will be split. And I haven't seen you in a month, but we still got beef kind of thing. So they'll be able to have storylines to tie in the survivor series. So hopefully that will start to mean something again. And then SmackDown will have legitimate argument for saying that, no, we're the a show now, you know, uh, we're, we're, we're on fucking network. What the fuck are you guys doing over there on cable on USA? But at the same time, USA is not going to be 
letting them go on fucking raw and having it treated like it's any different. You know, if, you know, we don't give a fuck if it's not Fox. We're fucking raw still. So we actually have a, a brand war. Hopefully again, uh, actually have a reason to mean something instead of it just be, we're both on USA. We both see each other all the time. Uh, I guess we're fighting for supremacy this month for the one out of 12 months of the year. So maybe maybe we'll get a good Survivor Series out of this. Agreed, agreed, agreed. Uh, but man, I cannot wait for for that to happen on SmackDown. Uh, and I can't I can't wait to see what, what's going to happen with, with the future of the show. I mean, got so much going on there with SmackDown. I, I will say back to your argument from last week's show. I too was very tired of seeing Shane McMahon on this episode. They use him very, you know, very, very lightly. But at the same time, I think if I had that of his on on screen time, he was on the camera maybe uh, ten minutes or so, which is which is down from where it was a couple months ago, where he was like on the camera half an hour. But you guys need to stop burying Shane McMahon. I'm, I'm not going to stand for this. He is the best in the world. Um, and I, this is this is ridiculous. He should have an hour. He, uh, th- this is appalling. My God, the bricks that you're smoking, young Doug. The bricks that you're smoking. <laughs> you, you, I think you've been sip, smoking some of that brick juice with Shane McMahon talking about you should be on TV for an hour. Smoking those uh, fucking dark market THC vapes, dog. Yeah, and they get into your head. They too much of saying getting to you, buddy. I'm gonna be on a CDC statistic by next week, but I'm going out with Shane. Yeah, I mean, at this at at this point, I mean, I think it's kind of pointless. Like 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 Dre said last week, I think the storyline should have been killed at. Survivor Series, but they're dragging it on, and now there's a wrongful termination lawsuit, and it's like, come on, man, seriously. I don't know any kid that's going to know what the hell that means, but then again, these kids are advanced. I mean, there's there's, there's three-month-year-old babies that know how to turn on an iPad, you know, so I don't know, but my my whole thing is, majority of these fans are not going to know what the hell that means. And we're talking about a lawsuit, and this is not the first time that we've seen a lawsuit come into play on the WWE storyline. I just kind of feel like, you know, the story has ran its course. You know, if this if this doesn't result in Kevin Owens going to NXT or, you know, Kevin Owens being on Raw, then I don't want to invest any more time into the storyline. Like, I'm done with it. But he is the best in the world. So, moving on from SmackDown Live, we have to talk about, of course, the major, major debut of NXT on USA. First of all, let's get a quick recap. Doug, let let the people know if they did miss it, how was that card? 
some some NXT. Uh, geez, man, I gotta tell you, it was fire, hot fire. Uh, no, nah, it was. Uh, they did a really good job of getting in some people that are still developmental. So they they set the tone that you know that we will still have developmental people here. Um, but I mean, they came out swinging with that women's fatal four way match. Um. Got a win for Candice LeRae, which I don't know if anyone was necessarily expecting, but the way she's been booked thus far. Um, but it was a nice uh, surprise to have her finally get a run after playing uh, Mrs. Gargano for better part of two, three years now. Um, so, yeah, it um, started off swinging with that. Uh, with, what did we get after that? Um, I mean, the North American Championship match was, was, I mean, what you would expect, really good. Um, there was some shenanigans, um, and Roderick Strong got the belt finally. The, the Undisputed Era is draped in gold. Um, we had Shayna Baszler come out at the end of Candice LeRae as a win, so we got that feud, uh, already set up to go with, with that win, but, um, yeah, uh, Cameron Grimes got a, a win over, uh, Sean Maluda in about eight seconds, uh, including the one, two, three, uh, put him down with a, basically a running coup de gras, um, double foot stomp. So that was the end of that. Um, but yeah, I mean, they, they had, uh, Triple H, I guess, come out on the afterwards and get everyone all fired up and run into the crowd. They put that on the network, um, afterwards. Um, but yeah, it's, it's, it's one, I was thinking about this too. The two hours, I mean, with commercials now, that, that there's a half hour eating up of your new hour right there. Um, and then they can just have a, a little bit longer of matches. They can, uh, get some more developmental people mixed in, and that'll still be the basic show. And, you know, if you're going to still sell tickets to the people that go to Full Sail, you got to give them a full show, so you can't just have them there for an hour. Um, but, yeah. So, uh, yeah, the NXT is off to a good start. It's weird because they come a long way, man. Uh, I remember going to the second uh, – tour that they or no it was the it was the second stop on the first tour they ever did they did columbus first and then they came to cleveland and it, it was just a different environment it there was it was always the environment that it is now with the active crowd the loud crowds the high action um just a different environment so we'll see i mean maybe we'll get a, a triple threat survivor series match or something like that with nxt throwing their hats into the ring who knows how that's going to be treated going forward if we're going to still have takeovers exclusively separated, if um, we're going to have any crossover with WrestleManias or anything like that, um, because a lot more people are going to start becoming aware of who some of these guys are. Dre, what what did you think of uh, this NXT on USA? This, uh, Let's hear your opinion. Um, I thought it was cool. I think I think you missed the I think I think the part you missed that I don't think you put it the whole part with NX, NXT UK with the with the Imperium, um, like trying to make some type of invasion angle. Which right, I right. If they do yeah, if yep. they do it. If they do that right, I might like that. Um, 
one thing I, back to the women's thing. I really wanted to see another match between um, Isha Shiroi and Candice LeRae, honestly, because I thought they had a hell of a match at um, TakeOver, and I wanted to see something continue from that. You know, I think it's kind of early to put LeRae into the title, even though she's been there for a long time. I think it's too early to go against Shayna Baszler. I would like to see her have another feud with um, Isha Shiroi. Um, but hey, it is what it is, and I was actually sad when my boy lost the, the title. Almost shed for tears, <sighs> but he'll get it back though. But you know, I, I am happy for the undisputed era, you know, because they are dripping in gold. That's like the hottest, in my opinion, the hottest faction in WWE, probably in wrestling, next to the Bullet Club. But who am I to say that? But um, anywho, so it was it was a good, like you said, a good home. Center to to really get the the audience of USA introduced to NXT, you know, getting introduced to the stars of NXT. Only thing I didn't like a lot there was a lot, and I mean a lot of hype videos, a lot. But I can understand it's the first match and it's the first night you want to introduce them. But I think they went a little bit overboard. Let's just see what they're gonna do with these. Um, these hype videos and these people that they had in the hype videos. I forgot to mention when Velveteen Dream kicked out of the end of Heartache the first time, that was one of the loudest false finish pops that I've heard in a long time. People were convinced that that was the end of the match right there, and it was not, and they lost their shit. It was louder than the actual pop that Roderick Strong got, which is okay because he's a heel. So he shouldn't get that big of a pop, even though he deserved it and a lot of people wanted it. And Undisputed Era's cool heels and blah, 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 blah. But still, that was the biggest pop of that entire segment was him kicking out. And that was awesome to see because that's that means that you got the crowd hook, line, and sinker. Totally agree. Uh, that... That to me was a work of art. That that episode of NXT felt different. Uh, I don't know if you guys noticed the new camera angles there uh, on the on the show itself, but new camera angles. Uh, the stage is uh, there, there's no more ramp. There's no ramp. Uh, the stage is different. The the ring somehow feels a little bit more polished. But of course, I'm just being a little bit over dramatic. But it it, it was a great introduction. Of course, a lot of people had issues signing on to the WWE networks uh, to go ahead and watch the second hour of NXT, uh, WWE Network. Fix your shit, man. This is like the third or fourth time people have been having issues since you've, quote-unquote, updated this shit. The old shit was better than this shit. God damn. It's like, it's all, it's almost like listening to Power's new theme song. But anyhow, back to NXT. But oh, it was, and we had a Leo Rush return. You took the words out yes, of my we mouth. Did. Yes, I was about we to say did. that. I couldn't fucking remember, man. I was trying to. It was hurting me. I'm sorry. I'm, I didn't mean to steal your I thunder. Forgot. It was just. It was like hurting my soul that I couldn't remember what the fuck happened in the second half of the show. <laughs> Tell the people. No, no, no. I don't want to say it now. No. All right. So. What had happened was, it showed up on the screen. 
Leo Rush versus Oni Lorcan. I thought I was seeing things. But when I read it again, of course, I sent the picture. I tweeted it out. When I tell you I've never been so happy for a star to come back to the ring, as happy as I am to see Leo Rush back in the ring. Leo Rush took a took a break from wrestling. I mean, he really needed to do that for him. Uh, you know, he needed to he needed to get that peace of mind back. And I can respect that. And if you haven't been checking out his music, please check it out Spotify on on iTunes, wherever uh music is available, you can find his songs. But um to see him come back, he 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 looks like he's at peace. Uh, but it's definitely it's definitely good to see him back in the ring. The match itself was phenomenal. This match was for a shot at a cruiserweight championship against Drew Gulak. And man, to see him springboard it right to the cruiserweight championship, uh, do I think it's a little bit rushed? Kinda. But at the same time, it's not his first go round. I, well, I, I his don't name know. is Leo Rush. He is the man of the hour. But at the same time, oh, I see what you did there with that. I see what you did with that. He came to collect. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He, he also came to collect. So I do think that it's great, it's warranted, and I can't wait to see what they do with Leo Rush on NXT because he, he never had a proper NXT run. And I think this is going to be great if you're trying to establish his third brand. And let's not forget about, Another thing that happened inside that second hour of the show, the street fight. Oh, no, that that was the first uh, first hour, the street fight. No, that the was street. the second hour because the second hour was on the network, and I was at home watching it, and I was all distracted doing some work. So I actually need to go back and re-watch the second hour. I heard it more than I watched it. Dude. Um, so, well, yeah. let me spoil this for you. Um Spoiler alert. Well, it's not even a spoiler alert. Everyone who's listening to the show has watched it but you. But uh, the match was, I know, I know, I'm throwing it out there today. <laughs> no, but it, it was it was great, dude. I mean, Matt Riddle, which finally has a new graphic, which I totally enjoy because that whole flowers and shit, that 70s vibe was working for me. Uh, but you had Riddle, you had Killian. The match didn't even get a chance to really take place in the ring. When I tell you this match went everywhere, it went everywhere. It went backstage. You had you, you had uh you you had these guys bumping into NXT UK stars as well as NXT U, US stars. I guess you could say that. Uh, Imperium get getting involved. You had the Forgotten Sons getting involved. You had the Street Profits. You had Undisputed, you had every single guy on that roster getting involved in that uh, brawl, and to see Killian Dane soar through the ropes and, and just basically take out everybody was a great way to end the show. And of course, the stipulation that was made, stipulation being on the next episode of NXT, I believe, yeah, the next episode of NXT is going to be. Killian Dane versus Matt Riddle in a street fight rematch. And the winner of this match will have a title shot versus Adam Cole on, hmm, 
the same day as AEW's Dynamite debuts. I think that's just poetry. Fuck them. No, that's, uh, I mean, that's what's going to happen, man. Everyone's going to be bringing their A game. I don't think we're going to see, uh, I don't think we're going to see NXT pull, uh, pull, you know, any momentum, um, back or anything like that. They're, they're going to be rolling forward because they have to establish themselves as competition for Raw and SmackDown. Like, they've, they've got to prove themselves that they're, actually the better like everyone's always saying you know go ahead and beat that SummerSlam after takeover go ahead and beat that wrestlemania after takeover so they got to prove themselves within the company too so it's not like they're exclusively doing this because of aew um but again i i I gotta imagine everyone's watching both shows man we're just it's just which one are you gonna watch live or which one are you gonna watch first and man, I I am so happy that we live in a day and age where I don't have to go to my VCR and hit record and go back and forth from each show to each show. So I'm definitely happy I don't have to do that. But man, this is great competition. Uh, this is going to be good on Wednesday nights. I'm going to be watching both. I'm not choosing a side. If if you're choosing a side right now, you're stupid. But then again, I can't say that because during the Monday Night Wars, I chose a side. But then again, I really did because I was a fan of DXN and, and, uh, and WCW uh, with, with the NWO. But don't make this complicated, guys. It's easy. Wrestling is 25-8. Why not try to catch both shows? Why not watch one one week, DVR that one, and then just flip-flop? Both of these shows are going to do great in ratings. One thing I didn't take too kindly is I didn't take too kindly to Kenny Omega's uh, recent statement uh, that came out. I think I sent that to you, Doug. Did you get a chance to read it? Oh, yeah. I've I, I seen it before uh, you sent it to me. I mean, I'm trying not to react to it because it could be getting worked, and I don't like getting worked, especially by a man like Kenny Omega. But, um, I, I, listen, it's got to be a work because people like Adam Cole and, and shit like that are there, and they know better. Um, so... Whatever. It's just, I, they need that more than NXT or WWE need to do that. They, they need the war more than WWE or NXT do. The, they're both gonna benefit from it, but AEW's got to present an image that they are an alternative to, to something. And you can't be an alternative to something if you don't acknowledge what the something is. So they almost have to acknowledge WWE to be an alternative to WWE. It's a catch-22. So, I don't know. It, it, it's, it's, I'm, I'm almost getting used to it at this point because it, it's not the first type of thing like this that's happened. I don't think they're going to stop. Um, I don't think they're going to base everything that they do off of it, but they, they do it enough to, to, to pop the people that think that this is cool. I, guess, I don't know. Whatever. It's not, it's not necessarily for me. All right. Well, here's here's a little bit of that statement for the people that hasn't that haven't checked it out. Uh, you can find that once again at googlethatshit.com. Find it yourself. Uh, you you want to call that a war? You want to call that competition? Go ahead. 
maybe it's fun for you to do. That's cool. But we're, we're different planets. And you're going to see that right away. When you see 10,000 plus arenas sold out, you're going to see smiles on fans' faces. You're going to see real stars. Not developmental talent, but real stars appearing on your television sets every week. Now, for me, honestly, kind of just going back to what you said, Doug, yeah, I mean, they've been poking the bear for quite some time. I mean, and this didn't, this, this didn't just start with AEW. This goes back to being the elite. I mean, it, it wasn't that long ago that, that Cody Rhodes and the elite and Jimmy Jacobs uh, showed, showed up to a Monday Night Raw outside. You know, so this is not this is not the first time. I mean, then of course you had in Jacksonville when SmackDown was going on, AEW has a press conference right outside at the at at, at, the, at the stadium where the Jaguars play, which is not too far away from their arena, the arena that the uh, that um, SmackDown was being held. So this is not the first time. I I kind of at this point it's like eh you're, you're trying to recreate something. I mean it was it was kind of cool back in the day, but at that's this all point, they do. That their whole fucking thing is they rip shit off that 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 happened in the last generation of wrestling. They all do the suck it. They all do the too sweet. It's that's I mean it was fine when like Balor did it and it was you know oh still okay when AJ did it but like the more that you keep it going and rely on that kind of shit you you lose your ability to talk shit about that kind of thing like uh, and it, it becomes half of your identity even if it's not the whole identity um, the you can't say that there weren't smiles on people's faces at full sale. Uh, just because there weren't 10,000 people in there, everyone was fucking stoked to be there and stoked to see the show that they put on. Um, I, I just, it's, and for every, you know, linebacker, random linebacker that they might bring in for, you know, a developmental contract that just doesn't pan out in anything because they don't have charisma or whatever, there's a Velveteen Dream. So you can't talk shit about them homebrewing talent because they kind of have a pretty, they have, they've got a few good examples of developing talent themselves, not waiting for them to develop a 10-year indie career and then come in and springboard like an Adam Cole or something like that. So they've got both They've got both there. They, they've got people who've done it from both ways, and they both work because it all works differently for different people. Everyone's got their own journey. So it just sounds petty. Yeah, it does. It it does sound a little petty, but like you said, if it's a work, then good. Uh, if not, then it's it's kind of petty. I mean, and then you can then you call them developmental superstars. I'm sorry, Adam Cole is not developmental. The guy is a superstar. Velveteen uh, Dream is a homegrown talent who's also a superstar. Yes, he is. Uh, That's right. I, I can keep going on with with some of the names that NXT has keep produced. Going. Keep going. Uh, the NXT has produced as actual stars. Uh, NXT produced the Street Profits, who was going to be one of the best tag teams, I believe, in 2020. Uh, you also 
have that's been produced out of that developmental uh, aspect. You can look at guys like, hmm, I don't know, you can look at Baron Corbin, who's one of the most overheels in wrestling right now. So speaking of Street Profits, we we got to assume that they're going to be on either Raw or SmackDown going forward because I was kind of looking forward to seeing them last night, and they weren't on there. And that kind of leads me to believe that um, that they might be getting drafted um, and that they're, they're just going to move on with the tag team division. Um, but, you know, who knows? Uh, they've, they've got some other teams that they can build up and, and do something with, but... Um, uh, I don't know. It, it, I I was hope maybe maybe I'm just maybe moving too much into it. Maybe we'll see them next week and that'll uh, well, that'll be fine. Well, the street they they were there. They uh they actually got involved inside. The I base. mean in a I mean in a match. I mean I just I, I wanted to see like a full blown segment with them. So I I don't know if they were that was just them them bouncing between the the two brands. They can be either there, but I mean I. I like what they do on Raw and, and sometimes SmackDown um, or at a pay-per-view or whatever when where they're hyping shit up. Um, but when are they going to wrestle? I want I want to see them wrestle. I want to see them do their entrance. I want to see um, people. Bro, I want to see the red pets in the crowd. Come on, show me that. Yes. Yes, give everyone some solos and get everyone tipping cups. Um, yeah. Yeah, it's that I, I, they're gonna be over. I think they've already developed a perfect gimmick and that they could just come up with unlimited shit. Like, kind of like the, the, the Gymnasty Boys who will be at the, the big bar for Ohio Wrestling Alliance September 29th at 3 p.m. Ding. Um, you know, they, they just have a gimmick and a dynamic between the two of them where they can just come up with unlimited material. Um, so the, they're always going to have shit to say, and that's half of wrestling. You've already got that down. And then they're both good in the ring. They, they've developed good tag team moves, so they're fun to watch in the ring. So there, there's no reason why they can't go to any brand at this point. It's just a matter of where they go. But like you said, they were a developmental team. Angelo Dawkins was just fucking hanging out, trying to figure out what he was going to do, and then here comes Montez Ford, and then there you got one of the most over tag teams in wrestling right now. We also have Chad Gable, who was also developmental, and he's going to turn out to be one of the greatest studs to come out of there. But that's just the piggyback off the thing. I think you're smoking some of them bricks that um, Doug had. Okay, but it's all right, though. Okay, let's make a bet. I guarantee you, by, <laughs> I, I guarantee you, by the Royal Rumble, Chad Gable, listen, okay. by, by the Royal Rumble, Chad Gable will have a pay-per-view match, not on the pre-show. Okay, the bricks you smoke, yes, I, I don't think that's going to happen, and I would take that bet. Okay. If I am wrong, if he does not have a pay-per-view match by Royal Rumble, so Royal Rumble is the last opportunity, then I will shave my beard. You want to do that? <laughs> you want to do that? No, nah, man, I'm not. I'm not shaving the beard. I'm sorry, dude. Yeah, we're we're, we're, we're going to have to find something else to wager up. 
Yeah. Maybe I sang like, uh, you know, girls just want to have fun or some some type of WWE theme song that's a female oh. superstars. I don't know. You sing but, if no, if no, I got it. If <laughs> he does not have a pay per view, you will sing on the show. The Billy and Chuck intro. All right. <laughs> I'm going to take that bet. <laughs> and, I, and I want the uh, background music playing, and you're going to sing to the background music playing. I want the, I just want the background music. I don't want to hear the other part. I want to hear him sing that part. I don't want to hear that part. I just want the instrumental. <laughs> oh, damn. Okay. All right, Juice Man. Well, listen, if you lose, if if I'm right, at any point, that if Chad Gable has a pay-per-view match at any point before, I'm, I'm sorry, if, Chad, if if he has a match by... He's not on the pre-show. He's not on the pre-show. Not on the pre-show. Yeah. Okay. Not on the pre-show. If he has a match, well, what are you offering up? You you make the offer. I made okay. the offer for you. You come up with. It. All right, you ready? If that happens, go ahead. You have to sing on the show, and you have to sing. Mike Canellis and Maria Canellis theme music. You have to sing the song. I actually like that song, so yeah, I don't have no problems with <laughs> that song. You bet. What we say, good dog, not now, but I have no problem singing it. You're on, buddy. <laughs> okay, that's a bet. That's a that's a bet. That's a bet. It's been officiated by the it. YouTube gods. <laughs> so I cannot wait to see this go up on Twitter. Here's here's the war. <laughs> so it's me versus the juice man. The bet is right now that if Chad Gable does not appear on a pay per view match by the Royal Rumble, not on the pre show. Then I will sing Billy and Chuck's theme music. If Dre the Juice Man is wrong, and at, at any point Chad Gable has a pay per view match, not on the pre show, by the Royal Rumble, then he will be singing Mike and Maria Canellis' theme song. That's the bet, people. That's what's going to happen. Which I like, by the way. I like their theme song. I have no issue singing it. I actually like Billy and Chuck's theme song. There's nothing wrong with it. Do you want to sing it? I mean, I'm not going to sing it now nah. because, you know, we have a bet going on. And, and when you sing it, I want to hear the passion in the song when you sing it. <laughs> don't, don't give me no, don't give me no, huh, 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 huh. no. I want to hear you sing it like you've never sung it before. <laughs> I'll tell you what. We'll do one even better. No no matter which one of us wins, this has to be videotaped. It has to go on the podcast, 
and it has to go on our YouTube channel. It that is a bet. Yes, I would bet that. I I'll tell you right now, that, and this is this is final. So the the just let that be that that it is set in stone, so that I can say my words because I got to throw in my two cents on where I think this could go wrong for one of you guys. For JT, I think that pre-show clause might get you. Uh, I think he might get a match, but it might end up on the pre-show. And for Dre, I think. Uh, Chad Gable might wind his way up onto a Survivor Series team. So, mm, we will see what happens. I don't have a problem and, singing that same song. It doesn't matter, but I don't think he's going to have a pay-per-view. <laughs> so, it doesn't matter to me. Like, he's not going to be on a Survivor Series team. I doubt it. I will, They're going to put Ali on that thing before Chad Gable. Why not both? They might be Why? on separate teams. They might be on separate teams. They might be their team's respective underdogs, depending on how the draft goes. Or. What about that? Or Cedric Alexander. I don't know. They all, they all kind of are in the same mold where they're they're undersized guys that uh, are good but don't get pushed consistently. Chad Gable's going to be more over than McLovin. He needs like a he needs a fucking Kurt Angleish type, right? Something that makes his personality pop. He he needs that something idea. that I'm like not... when people see him, they're just like, I'm fucking excited to see Chad Gable, and it can't just be the in ring shit because that's what everyone can do. They bring in everyone's too athletic to the point where it's not unusual to see people do athletic things to the point where you can lean on that as your whole gimmick. So. You got to get something character-wise going. You should put him in a fatal four-way match and see what happens. Hey, Dre. On the pre-show. Hey, Dre. Fuck you guys. <laughs> Listen, we're having too much fun here. We've actually been done with the show like for 15 minutes. We're just giving you guys some extra content. But... Before we get out of here, definitely make sure you guys do uh, follow the House of Pain at all of their handles, which they gave it to you earlier inside the show. Also, make sure you do use our promo code at at powerslam.tv to go ahead to get some exclusive independent wrestling. Uh, Over 3,000 hours of independent uh, uh, independent content. Definitely check it out. Some of your great stars that you that you are seeing actually now on NXT, on AEW, have been on this platform called Power Slam TV. Make sure you use our promo code MWM for Life to go ahead and get one month free on us. And as well, make sure you do follow us at Marks with Mike's. That is M-A-R-K-S-W-I-T-H-M-I-C-S. And that is also on all platforms uh, that is on Instagram, which I don't promote that much. And that is also on the book of faces, which I'm never on. But with that being said, also go to whatamaneuver.net and go ahead and grab some of our merchandise there. Make sure you go ahead and type in marks with mics and you can get some of our available merchandise, which includes the black and white NWO style 
MWM t-shirt for life, Marshall Mike's. And we do also have that available inside the Wolfpack edition. And as well, the Wrestling 25-8 t-shirt, which is also available on watermaneuver.net. We have t-shirts. We have Unisat t-shirts, women t-shirt, v-necks, tank tops, sweaters. It's getting ready to get cold. I do have hoodies. I have light sweaters, and I have heavy sweaters. So definitely take your pick. Baby onesies. It doesn't get any better than that. If you haven't seen some of the pictures that we posted, make sure you go back, look on our Instagram. We have plenty of babies with our merchandise on. It's the cutest thing ever. They have a baby getting ready to come into this world. Get yourself some Marshall Mike's gear. And we'd like to thank our sponsors, of course, Anchor and Power Slam TV. And make sure you follow Tales of Wrestling as well on Twitter. That is Doug. Give them your uh, Twitter handle because I'm not going to mess it up this week. We're going to mess it up this week because I'm not going to tell it to you. I told you last week. I'll say it again. If you can't spell tales of wrestling, I don't want you to follow me. And that's I'll, I'll get, right, you know Here's the thing. I'll give you – I will clarify T-A-L-E-S. That we're not talking about a tale on like a fox or something like that. We're talking about stories like tales, tales of wrestling. Well, that's what we're talking about. We should all know how to spell wrestling. I'm not going to spell it for you. I'm not going to make JT spell it for you. It's just not something that we're going to do. We we, we want to move forward, people. we got to establish that we, we can't be holding your hand. We, we can only do so much, all right? Tales of wrestling, please follow me. You'll probably follow me, see something that I say. It'll piss you off, and then you'll unfollow me. But, you know, maybe you'll like me. I mean, that, that actually you happened to you earlier this week. Yeah, well, someone responded to, like, a random thing and then, like, said that he was going to block me. And I'm like, I didn't – you were not even, like <laughs> – I don't even know where you came from. That's not a, like a, oh, no, come back. Like, I don't know. Twitter's crazy. Go ahead, Ray. Give him your handles. Oh, okay. Well, I don't. I know nobody's going to get the um, Instagram one. That's Dre motherfucking bars. That's D-R-E. MF. Um, um, that's crazy. I can't spell my own handle name. Ooh, go to hell. Okay, that's D R E M F U C K I N G underscore B A R, and that's four S's, people. Again, that's Dre motherfucking bars. D R E M F U C K I N G B A R, four S's. And follow me on Facebook, which I go by my real name, which is Andre Rowntree. Follow me on there. That's A-N-D-R-E-R-O-U-N-D-T-R-E-E. And follow me on Twitter, which which is a very ashy Twitter. I need to bring some light to it, so give me some followers. That's the Juice 85 That's the Juice underscore 85 Again, my Twitter name is the, no, I'm sorry, the underscore Juice 85 Again, that's the underscore juice 85. All right, that's it. I'm done. Well, that special moment in time was brought to you by the bricks that Doug and I have been smoking. We'll see you on the next episode. And I cannot wait because it is the week before First and Fight, which is presented by Ohio Wrestling Alliance. We'll see you guys in Columbus, and uh, tune in to next week's episode.
And we are out. See you guys. Boom. Peace. 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 Are you looking for the newest and hottest in the world of pro wrestling? Then check out the amazing action on Powerslam.tv, the biggest indie pro wrestling channel in the world. Get over 6,000 hours of the best events from over 150 of your favorite promotions from 20 different countries around the globe. Brands like Progress Wrestling, Evolve Wrestling, Combat Zone, Defy, PCW Ultra, PWX, Over the Top, Shine, and hundreds of others with fresh content added every day for only $5.99 per month. Get your free trial today at powerslam.tv.